0: Good morning, redeemed saints. Good morning, redeemed sinners. Way to go, choir. You're carrying the way. This morning, we are going to pick up where we left off last week. Jesus and his disciples have climbed up a mountain in order to pray And while they were there, Jesus handpicks his 12 apostles. And they have come down the mountain, and they've come to a level place, a plain, and Jesus is met with this burgeoning crowd who are coming to hear him speak as well as to be healed by him. Now, people are coming as far away you think of a 60-mile radius around where Jesus was. They're coming from all over Palestine. And what we learned last week is that Jesus gets within the midst of the people, giving us an example. He got in the midst of the people in order to serve them, to love them. He was showing that it's not... All about talking a good spiritual game it's not about intellectual assent as to what we believe but it's about taking what we believe and putting skin on it and getting it into the game in service and ministry to others so our reading from luke as we pick up where we left off really complements the reading from Genesis 45. Whereas Jesus' words today encourage you and me to live into our God-created identity, the Joseph story and the way he treats his sorry brothers who left him for dead in the desert puts flesh on what Jesus is talking about in his sermon on the plain. Joseph lives it in flesh is what Jesus is speaking about today. Listen to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and we are going to read verses 27 to 38. Luke 26 chapters 37 or 27 to 38. Listen to the word of the Lord. Jesus says, But I say to you that listen, now he's speaking to the disciples at this point, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other as well. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt." Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, if you love those who love you, what credit is that for you, or to you? Or even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Listen, even sinners lend to sinners to to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And Jesus goes on. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Beloved, this is the word of the Lord. That last phrase there is uh, often pulled out and misconstrued. We hear it a lot during stewardship season. You know, if you give, God will bless you back and pour a lot, of mon- a lot of riches in your lap. Well, that's not what this text is saying. The text, my friends, is pointing to an issue called forgiveness. And we, if we bl- forgive others... As God forgives us, then we will receive grace and blessings of forgiveness that we can't even measure. It talks more about the depth and lavishness of God's forgiveness of us. The associate pastor uh, or professor of religion and chaplain at Furman University, Vaughn Crow Tipton, he writes, Congregations respond to this particular text in the same way my children respond to seeing cooked spinach on their plate at home. No matter how much I explain how nutritional it is, they don't really want to dig into it. That's what this text does. Whereas Jesus' words last week were hard to hear Jesus' words this week are hard to swallow. You see, these words today demand that you and I do and act in counterintuitive ways. In ways that are nigh high impossible to actually live out. The deal is, though, that when we do try to live this way, when we try to begin to express the love of God, even for those people, we turn our enemies into friends. A change takes place. Friends, this morning we, we were going to look at some signs of what it means to be a disciple. That shows that we love our enemies and forgive. One sign we are loving our enemies is that we don't forgive them until it feels good. Nope. We forgive until it hurts. What? What preacher? Yeah. We we forgive until it hurts. Jesus says, I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. And he repeats it again in verse 35, teaching them, but love your enemies, do good and a lend, expect nothing in return. Really? Come on, Jesus, you just preach him. Friends, let's be clear, Jesus is not talking about forgiving those who cut us off in traffic or take the last donut in the donut box at the office. Jesus is talking about us releasing from our hearts and our minds all the anger and angst we feel for those who have deeply hurt us. And frankly, that's hard to do. Can I get an amen? How do I forgive the person who assaulted me as a young boy? How do I love the spouse and forgive the spouse who gets drunk and slaps me around in front of the kids? How do I love and forgive a person who mugged me in broad daylight and left me beside the road on Las Olas? How do I forgive? You see, this is what Jesus is talking about. It hurts to forgive somebody. It's hard. It costs something. It takes guts. At first blush, we may say, well, you know, that's unfair that it hurts to forgive somebody because we've already been hurt by the wrong that they have done against us. And yes, life is full of those hardships. You're right. It's not fair. It hurts. Yet, you see, my beloved, it is in our difficult task, in our difficult task, of forgiving the one who has deeply hurt us emotionally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. It's when we begin forgiving that person and taking the hard steps to do that, it's only then that we begin to take back control from them, what they took from us when they hurt us. It's only when we forgive take that risk, feel that pain and that hurt of forgiving someone when we begin to take back control from them that they robbed from us. Think about that for a moment. Let that sit with you. Think about someone who has hurt you. When they hurt you, you realize that they took up residence inside of your head and your heart and lived there rent-free as long as that memory is there. Every time you pull up that angst, every time you pull up that anger, every time that you and I refuse to let it go, they have control over us. We replay the events of what happened in our minds over and over and we're hurt over and over again by something that may have happened decades ago. It begins to emerge to others as anger, depression, violence, rage. Friends, forget forgiving is not forgetting. Forgiving literally means to put something down and then walk away from it. To put something down and then walk away from it. It doesn't mean that you're going to put something down walk away from it forever. You may come back, pick it up again, look at it, put it back down, or walk away. Because forgiveness is a process. There's a cost. There is a, a hurt, a risk when we have to look at the other person in the face, whether physically or in our mind's eye, and we have to declare, I release you. Because I realize I'm keeping you bound up, rent-free in my head and my heart, and you don't deserve to be there. I'm taking control. I'm asking you to get out. Leave. You are forgiven. I'm putting it down. You are released from my mental and emotional and anger and that bondage. Go. The second sign, a disciple demonstrates that when we are loving our enemies, We are redefining the law of reciprocity. In ancient traditions, you know, you do something to me, I'm going to reciprocate. That's just what the law of reciprocity means. Eye for an eye. We may both have experienced the same loss, but that doesn't mean I have forgiven you. You know, so if you kill my cow... I get to go to your, your pasture and kill, uh, you kill mine, I'm going to kill your cow. We both have dead cows now. How does that forgiving, letting go? It doesn't. So Jesus is redefining what this law of reciprocity means. The antidote to this ancient law of reciprocity is to do good to those who killed your cow. It means to do good to those who hate you. It means to bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Respond to violence with willed restraint. Give to those who are begging from you. Hold on to possessions loosely and keep their value in proper perspective. Love your enemies expecting nothing back. Do to others what you would have them do to you, but be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. In other words, beloved, we are to view and respond to others and their behavior from God's point of view, not the world's point of view. Not from eye to eye, eye for eye, but from God's lavish, undeserved love and forgiveness poured out upon us. No longer is eye for an eye acceptable. You see, you and I have been shown mercy. And God expects us to pass it on and show mercy to others as well. Even those people. See, the promise being made here, beloved, is that when we forgive, we will be forgiven and loved so much. We are going to be receiving blessings of grace in our laps that we can't contain. But we have to be merciful, not as my neighbor is merciful as God is merciful. Finally, a third sign that we are loving our enemies is we begin to see that when we forgive, we can see a door opening up for an opportunity for a new creation for those who wronged us. Hear that again. When when we forgive, we are opening a door for them to enter into For a new creation. It's the essence of what agape love means. It's the giving of ourselves to others that they may have life. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus gave His life so we could have life. Isn't your life different because Jesus is in it? Oh, imagine the person that we forgive. When we forgive, we are opening the door to the possibility that the Spirit of God is going to move in them and create newness and reconciliation in their life as well. Isn't your life different because you've received grace and mercy from God? Imagine... If we gave it to someone else, because we first experienced it from Christ. Now two meddlesome verses in our text today are verses thirty-five and verse thirty-six. The most high is kind, and, and, and this this was this I never saw this until this time. The most high is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. It's funny how I've read that all these years and just kind of glossed over that, didn't notice that. He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Wow. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Professor of preaching and worship and Lutheran pastor Melinda Quiddick, she reminds us, quote, that those who have received God's mercy counter evil, go against evil by giving mercy to the ungrateful and to the wicked expecting nothing in return. And in doing so, she says, a new relational future is made possible as one's enemies are placed now in an unimagined privileged position of possibly becoming a sister or brother in Christ. Relationships change when we offer forgiveness. When two are reconciled, a new relationship is born. When a person reconciles with God, he or she has new life and experiences love and forgiveness in ways they've never, ever known. When those two enemies become reconciled, a new relationship of grace is. Can sprout and bud and emerge where before there was enmity and hatred. Church, think. Think. Who, what has hurt you emotionally, mentally, physically? Spiritually? Have you forgiven them? Have you put the hurt and the hate down? Church, let's ask it a different way. This one pinches a little. Who have you hurt? Mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually. And have you and I humbled ourselves to ask forgiveness so that each of us in our lives can move forward together in God? Hmm. Love your enemies, beloved. Be merciful as God has been merciful to you and to me. Through Jesus, amen. Pray with me. Oh, Jesus, you went from preaching to meddling today. This whole thing of forgiveness, of putting things down, is hard. It costs us something. Lord, help us to identify those people or things that we hold on to and live rent-free in our brain and in our heart, and let us identify them and let us put them down and walk away. They don't deserve control over us. They get in the way of your Spirit having control over us. And Lord, that's our deepest dream anyway, is to be filled with thy Holy Spirit and be merciful as you have been to us. Now hear our praises as we sing our final hymn, O God. Amen. Amen.